0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. One of the more interesting experiences I've had in the Mideast is when I get to see a potter working at his wheel. It's mesmerizing, watching the clay spin and the potter's hand shaping the clay. Because when we look at that, we remember This is what the Bible calls you and me, clay. Again and again in scripture, we're told that man was made from clay. Isaiah 74, 8, we are the clay and you are our potter. Or Job 10, 9, remember now that you have made me as clay. Would you turn me into dust again? Job began in chapter 33, I've been formed out of the clay. Then we read in that pivotal verse, Genesis 2 7, that we were made from the dust of the ground. Then you and I have treasures in earthen vessels. This week, I am dealing with how God views you. What does he think when he looks at you? And I hope you've grasped that he looks at you through eyes of love. If not, You will grasp it today because today I want to talk about an incident in the life and ministry of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was just a young man when God called him to minister. He objected saying, oh no, Lord. But then he saw God's hand touching his mouth and he heard God's voice saying, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And from there forward, God used this prophet in a special way. What God called Jeremiah to do was not easy. Some have an edifying ministry, others may not. His job was to root out, to pull down, to throw down, and to destroy. And he did this. He did this at first so that he could build up and plant. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because he wept openly about the sins of his nation. At times, the stress got too much, and Jeremiah would try to hold back what God had laid on his heart. He once told God, everyone is mocking me, but when he tried to be quiet, he said it was like fire shut up in my bones. God had messages for his people. And Jeremiah was the man to deliver those messages. One of them is found in Jeremiah 18. And I find such comfort in this passage of Scripture, as probably did Jeremiah. God tells the prophet, I want you to go down to the potter's house. And there, I will speak to you. Jeremiah watches the potter work with the clay on the wheel. In Jeremiah 18, and verse 4, we read, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah said. And the word of the Lord said to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Oh, that blesses me. Within each life, there is such great possibility. When God created man in his image and then mankind reproduced after its kind, he pronounced a blessing upon all of humanity. It's a blessing of possibilities. Out of the dust of the ground, the clay of this earth, the master potter fashioned a vessel shaped in his likeness, animated by his breath. What wonderful things man could be. He did not make you for what might have been, but what could be. The possibility that lies within each of us. Do you remember what he told Abraham? Thou shall be a blessing. He would like to speak that same blessing over every one of us. The God who is no respecter of persons would like to uncover the great potential that he placed and hid within every man and woman. I've told you before of the great museum where blocks of marble carved by Michelangelo lay. These aren't his finished products. These are the unfinished ones. Here's a mass of stone out of which emerges a hand or a foot. Over there is the one with the head and shoulders protruding. Yet for some reason, we don't know why, These blocks of marble were never finished. Perhaps the master grew bored with it. Perhaps the great artist had other priorities. Or perhaps he detected a flaw, a flaw that prohibited him from finishing it as he likes. Oh yes, there is within each of us a potential. If we will but let the hand of the master continue to work on us. And so it teaches us that we must have not only great potential, we must be willing. The late Vance Havner describes a missionary walking down a dusty road in Africa. He saw some boys playing marbles in the dirt. He stood and watched them a while. Nostalgia swept over him, and he remembered the many, many years of enjoying playing marbles when he was a child, until he noticed something curious about the marbles. He asked one of the boys to let him examine the marble. He looked at it closely and realized that the marble was a rare blue diamond. The boys had found them in the dirt. They were playing marbles with diamonds. Do you know how valuable your life is to God? Even if it's flawed, it can be mended again. Jeremiah noticed that some flaw in the clay kept the potter from finishing it the way he had originally desired. And isn't that a picture of sin? Sin mars, sin defiles. Sin damages the intention of our master potter. But notice this truth. What sin mars, the potter can mend. Oh, the many ways men mar their souls in ways we don't Quite appreciate at first glance by simple things like resisting the Holy Spirit, by compromise with lesser and evil intentions, by the sin of omission. Samuel said, I will not sin in not praying for you. Omission. By willful and presumptuous sin, knowing that something is wrong, yet pressing forward into the matter anyway. And the farther we press such sins, the greater damage to our vessel, the greater the loss. Yet God asked Jeremiah a question that day. Can I not do with you as this potter? Is not Israel still clay in my hands? They may be marred, but they are still soft and formative. God says, I have the power to mend a marred vessel. Calvary says it's his desire to mend each and every one of us. Look at the marred vessels in the Bible. Jacob is probably the foremost character. He was a son of great promise, but he had a problem with telling the truth, with conducting fair business, with cowardice, until one night heaven touched his marred life and transformed him from supplanter and deceiver to Israel, the prince, the man who had power with God. Simon Peter is another example of a marred vessel. His call, his distinctions, his priorities, yet he denies God. But he repented, was converted, and God called him to feed his flock. How many more examples do we need to reveal that God can mend what sin mars. In Florence, overlooking the city, stands a replica of Michelangelo's stirring sculpture of David slaying Goliath. The original is within the city. It was fashioned out of a block of marble upon which another artist had labored. The original artist had cast it aside as flawed and said it's useless. But Michelangelo took what someone else had cast out and fashion one of his most famous sculptures. It's a measure of the sculptor's skill and devotion. How far will he go with what others say is worthless? God can mend what others cannot. If we would just remain on the wheel, God has a plan for every one of us. God can compensate for our failures. But this is perhaps the hardest thing for us to recognize, is that we have to remain within reach of the master's hands. And only then can the potter do his work. The potter's hands are calm while he molds us in his love. He crafts each single vessel with his mercy from above. No two vessels look alike, each is unique in his sight. He sculpts us individually for his joy, for his delight. The potter takes our souls, spins them on his wheel, so he can shape each of us to know his perfect will. Each vessel is a work of art made in the labor of his grace. He lovingly knows each of us by the silhouette of our face. Isaiah 64 says, But now, O Lord, you. Are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter, and all we are the work of your hand. When she was 14, Joni Erickson embraced the Lord as her Savior. But she said she lived no differently. And one evening she came home from a sordid Friday night date and cried, God, I am staining your reputation by saying I'm one of your children doing one thing on a Friday night and another on a Sunday morning. I'm a hypocrite. Change my life. Do something to bring glory from me. And if you know her story, it was three months after that prayer that she had her diving accident and became a quadriplegic. She immediately blamed God and said, you'll never be trusted with another of my prayers. But after much anguish and anger, she prayed a prayer that changed her life. Oh God, if I can't die, then show me how to live. God will show you how to live. He can take your life, flawed though it may be, and as clay in his hands, he can reshape it into his perfect will. Each day I bring you these devotions and each day I pray. I pray for everyone who will hear this, that you will apply these words. When God sees you, he sees what he can do in your life. He does not fixate and focus on your flaws. Rather, he takes your life and recrafts it. He repurposes it to bring glory to his name. As you're listening to this at this very moment, You may be focused on a flaw in your life, something that you're struggling with. But the Lord is speaking to you today and saying, give that to me. Stay on my wheel. Let me continue working in your life. What we call sanctification is not simply an instantaneous thing, but day by day, week by week, month by month. God continues to work on us until he says, I can use this life and I can bring glory to my name from this life. What do you need God to work on today? Yield to him. We are, after all, just like clay in the potter's hands. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.